This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. After Quinny stormed off, all three of our heroes went to find solace of their own. Butthole helped Krend and the werewolf find purpose. Quinny talked to his criminal friend Trick about the difficulties of having kids. And Juniper approached Reginald to learn more about a car. Can our heroes overcome their interpersonal challenges before the suicide mission? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. With the Feast of St. Mudbutt rapidly approaching, uh, time is running short uh, for, for your, your actions. And also, you still need to put together your, your, your potluck contribution oh, and God. pick your karaoke songs. Um, so, uh, Quinny, the time has come to, to, confront, uh, to confront Jenny uh, before you have to go take... Pl- part in this pageant uh although like i don't know maybe there's going to be some dancing i who can tell um so i'm not sure if quinny will will get to to you know share his his gifts or not but um yeah you uh you you find your way to uh to Ginny's uh Ginny's room um and you don't hear the telltale thwack of knives uh you instead hear the uh the the, the scratch of a of a pencil um, rather furiously, and you hear Ginny uh, just be like, "No, no, I think he he has to have a, I think sharper cheekbones, maybe." Um, and uh, you hear some furious uh, erasing uh, and drawing, um, and then you you hear Bucky asking if that's better. Okay, uh, I will knock on the door. Hello, um, Uncle Butthole. Nope. Okay, it's, yeah, sure. Come uh, on in. Me. Yeah, come in. Sure, come on in. As long as it's not butthole, come in. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll open the door and come inside. Uh, you were confronted with uh, a a terrifying visage uh, just jammed in your face on paper, um, and it looks like uh, kind of like uh, a goblin by way of um, Bob Hoskins. Um, wearing like a little trench coat um, and having just like a fistful of of like one one handful of like necklaces and other things, another handful of like keys 
Um, and she, uh, over uh, this picture that has been jammed in your face, you just hear Janine say, uh, okay, Dad, would you believe that this guy is the god of petty theft? <laughs> uh, uh, His name is Grufus. Is, I'm so confused. Uh, no, I guess. God no. damn it, Bucky. <laughs> um, and like, as, as Bucky slowly lowers the picture, you just see like there's pictures everywhere. Various forms. Sometimes he's tall and skinny. Other times he's like a genie. Um, there's just clearly been many iterations of what Grufus could look like. I'm not sure how Bucky reacts to to this disappointment. Un- unflappable, unfazed. <laughs> Flips the sketchbook over to a fresh page and begins to just ready ready to receive instruction. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe one more, Bucky. Okay, Dad. Um. Okay. So his name is Grufus. He is the god of petty theft. Um. What what does he look like? What do you think? What 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 does Grufus, a, a very real god, look like? I know you don't believe in such things, but like humor. Why does why does it matter? Why do you need a drawing of him? I I, I gotta spite Uncle Butthole for something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I would say <laughs> Grufus probably looks <sighs> accidental thief. You say? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he he's doing the thieving. He's not great at it, but like you you know like. When so when you bump into someone and you you just fast pocket something, but what if he's kind of not great at that? So, but he he still does it, but he's not great at it. Right, kind of, kind of affable, I guess. Kind of just like a uh, oh, that's a good. That's good. Hey, draw, of, draw, yeah. draw, draw affable, Bucky. Draw affable, affable. Make 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 him more affable. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scribbles so like, like if if you're like in a store, you know, and you put something in a smaller thing. Um, and then you buy the larger thing and you forgot that there was the smaller object in it. And then only once you get outside, do you realize, oh no, I accidentally stole something like that's Grufus. You got, you got yourself some Grufus there. So, so he's affable, but like, what, what covers that? Uh, I I just, I just think of like, you know, he's, he's just kind of like. You know, somehow I manage or something like that. Right. Just kind of like, here we go again. Kind of put upon, (laughs) but also happy about it. (laughs) Right, because it's all an accident. Yeah, or like something. it's it's a living, uh, and it yeah. is because he's he's accidentally yeah. stealing. So that's how he makes his living. But he, sure. he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Bucky, yeah, do that. Okay. Do that one. Draw that. You got it. Here it comes. Okay. Uh, uh, Bucky is has drawn a picture of a uh, Dick Van Dyke, uh, just kind of shrugging <laughs> uh, with jewels and gold <laughs> spilling out of his pockets. Uh, and he's and he's kind of surprised at himself, but also a little bit proud. And like Ginny is just looking at this, shaking her head. And she's like, "Bucky, this is perfect. I think we found our Grufus." Oh, oh, good, lovely. Well, I'll rips it off. I'm like, I'll leave that there with you then. Hands Thank you, Bucky. This is. I know you've given me a lot of pictures, but I can safely say this is the first one I've wanted. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, and he'll stoop and just pick up like 40 pages of discarded sketches up off the ground. Uh, and he'll leave with just his arms full of uh, sketches. As soon as he's out the door, she turns to you and she's like, don't tell anyone, but I think he's my best friend. Oh, Ginny. That's sad. Oh, look, I can't um, be best friends with the girl I'm crushing on. That's ridiculous because like... That gets real complicated, so I had to pick someone else. 
And I don't know. He's really been there for me a lot, which is nice. Well, the, the robot and the psycho have a son. You don't play with little what's his name? Seamus. Look, he's, he's he's lived a very different life. Like he keeps asking where the electricity is. And I'm like, there's no wizards throwing electricity right now. And he's like, no, there are switches that'll do that. And I'm like, do you mean witches? Because he's just, he doesn't quite get it. You know, <laughs> wherever he's from yeah. is very weird and kind of dumb and bad. Um, <laughs> but also, right, it yeah, just maybe seems don't like hang out with see him the then. Well, no, like I do. Like, I feel like I kind of have a, I have to take care of him a little bit, you know, because. No, you don't. You definitely don't. I mean, his dad is a robot and his other dad's a psychopath. I kind of need to keep an eye out for him, right? <sighs> I guess if they already know that you hang out with him, then yeah, now you're, you're on the hook. Yeah. I just, I, I figure right. he deserves, he deserves to know there's something cooler out there than a couch that he keeps talking about missing, you know? He's led a very sheltered life. And I don't yeah, believe in like sheltered it. lives. All right. Hey, look, look um, uh, I got you something. Um, this is from Trick. Uh, oh. Here, here you go. It's a, it's a, it's a doll. It's, that's that's what it is. is. That's what it looks like. It, I don't horrifying. think it does anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this I... is uh, from me. Here you go. Can I use this to kill this demonic doll? Absolutely you can, yes. Great. Um, I don't know if you cast detect magic or anything on this thing, but like, if I stab this, is someone we don't know going to die? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, I didn't ask. Um. <laughs> cool. I'm just going to take my chances that that will happen and just put it in this drawer, I guess. Uh, maybe sure. I'll give it to Bucky. Um, and says, but this knife is neat. It's impractical, but it's cool looking. And I guess you could throw it. I thought it was cool looking too. Yeah. yeah. So I figured yeah, you might cool. like that. Yeah. There you go. I always appreciate when someone looks at a handle and says, not enough knives on this. I'm going to add one more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I'm proud of us both for being able to dance around the subject of you knowing that there's a suicide mission, but we really do need to. Well, you're pretty get, good at dancing. So, I mean, you just kind of taught me how that works. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm dealing with it, you know, <laughs> just like you. There's a major issue that perhaps we, we could actually talk about, but why not just dance around it? You know, use those practical skills you keep giving me. Is that why you've been teaching me stuff? Like you don't really care. You don't really want to hang out. You're just going to go fucking get killed somewhere and uh, you won't bring me. And uh, what, what the fuck? What was this even for then? Am I supposed to just stay here and throw knives and everyone tries to hurt fucking Seamus? I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. God damn it, Dad. Yeah. Uh, this is a super dangerous mission. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want you to know about it because I didn't want you to worry. Mm -hmm. um, and I have done this kind of stuff before. And I'm feeling pretty okay about coming back. And in the event that I didn't, I wanted you, I wanted to make sure that you would be able to take care of yourself and live whatever life you wanted to live, regardless of who your dad was or how we died or any of that shit. So yeah, I had my friends teach you some other skills and things like that to broaden your horizons that you can do whatever you want to do with your life. That being said, if one of the things you would like to do with your life is go on the suicide mission, then I absolutely forbid you from doing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you want me to like live my best life and it doesn't really matter, you know, who my dad was and everything. That's cool. That's just been my life. So thank you for that gift along with your creepy fucking gross doll and this useless throwing blade thing. 
Um, so I already have that. So thanks for that. That's great. That's cool. I'll, I'll pocket that. Um, you said that you didn't want me to worry. Like I'm always worried, but also uncle butthole can literally fart you back to life when he wants. So like that concern has kind of moved down the chain for me a little bit. And, you know, we've been having this conversation back and forth about like, oh, like what are your wishes and all that? And I think I've got my answer for this dad, which is uh, mom is dead uh, and has been dead for quite some time. And I've had to kind of live with that. Um, she died while you were gone after you ran away the first time, if you recall. So mom is dead. Uh, so I get that. I'm pretty good at the dead parent thing at this point. I'm honestly better at it than Raquel, who isn't doing great, by the way. I'm sure you checked in on her, right? Anyway, um, I don't think you're worried about me. I think you're worried about you because I'm pretty fucking good at the you know, parents being in danger and thinking you were dead too and everything else. So like, don't, don't hang this on me. Like you were fucking scared to tell me. And that sucks because we're building something here. And it seems like you just wanted to run away from it. Like you run away from everything. I don't want to run away. Um, I really enjoyed spending time with you. Um, I don't I don't have a yeah anything to say extra about that. That's just I I really enjoyed yeah. being your dad um and want to be able to keep doing that. But yeah, for someone who who says they've got a pretty good chance of coming back, you sure are talking in the past tense a lot there, Quinny. Um, no, just you know, maybe I should have written this down. Yeah, look, um, I think I know what to do if you die, by the way. Um, I'm not going to bring you back if it's just like you just died and like I'll miss you or whatever, because I will. But I'm pretty good at the dead parent thing, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of how life's supposed to go. Don't tell Butthole I said that, but. Um, no, yeah, no, he's not ready to for that conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, he won't even accept Grufus into his heart yet. So really, how could he possibly be ready for something that heavy? Um, here's the deal though. If the world still needs you, if there's something out there that only you can solve, then I'm going to tell them to bring you back. Cause I don't think whether you're alive or dead should really be, um, an issue for me or you, because I think you've made your, your stance clear. And I think I've got my, my feelings about it, but you know, we keep talking. Everyone I've talked to talks about how this is bigger than us, except for Reginald, who really just wants me to, like, narc on people. And honestly, I don't think he's wrong, but he's also not right about everything. But um, if this is bigger than all of us, then what you want on that front doesn't really matter um, if there's a mission that needs doing. And we got to tell him to bring you back until it's done. And then if you die after that, whatever, like, fine. But... Um, I'll always need dad Quinny. Um, and I think your friends will always need friend Quinny. Um, but we can all also deal with you being gone um, if we have to. Faerun kind of needs Quinny Brown Barrow, though, with like a capital Q and a capital B. You know, like the one they put on posters and named towns after. Um, so like maybe don't make any more spooky deals that fuck with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've enjoyed spending time with you too um but it would be selfish of me to think that uh i can have control over 
force is that large. So try not to die. If you do, I'm going to have Uncle Butthole fart in your face if you're still doing stuff. Um, so just the sooner you get the stuff done, the sooner you cannot worry about that anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, speaking of the way we're talking, um, you're talking like you're not going on this mission and that's what I like to hear. Are you promising me that you are not going to try and sneak out with us or anything like that to do this thing? I really want you to stay here. And I don't have to check in with Raquel to know that she does not want you following in my footsteps. I mean, yeah, obviously that's yeah. Um, you roll me a persuasion check. Sure. Oh my god, this is so tense. <laughs> uh, thirteen plus three, sixteen. Um, she kind of like looks down at this double blade you've given her. And she says, um, I don't know what promises you made to your parents, dad, um, but I'm pretty sure they didn't include running off to go to jail uh, and become a thief and die and then come back and become a like spooky hitman warlord thing. And then like Bucky was telling me you lived in like a weird corpse for a while. Um, so that's all, all strange. Uh, yep. Particularly with the 16. Um, I, I'm not going to promise you anything because I don't know that the promise of a teenager is particularly good currency. So it's all, it's all I got, kid. I know. So here's what I'm going to tell you instead, dad. And you can take this how you will with your roll of 16. Um, I'm going to do what... I think is best based on all of the lessons I've learned since I came here. And that's not a promise to you. And it's not a statement of intent. That's just what I'm going to do. Okay. Because anything else promise, would be a lie. Did you promise your uncle that you would only go if you got both my and your mother's blessing? I just told you how Is much that, the promise of a teenager is worth their dad. Does your uncle butthole know that? He won't accept Grufus into his heart, so I can't possibly believe that he will accept any truth at this point. I mean, look at him. She just points to the Grufus picture. She's like, would you not? I know you wouldn't, but like, <laughs> yeah, a normal person would accept this beautiful for realsies God into their heart. Grufus be with you. And then she like reverse pickpockets you. I'm like standing there like, get off of me. Like, <laughs> stop that. Griffiths uh, will be done. I think, gosh, how long, how long has it been since uh, Cornucopia, Tom? Um, a few weeks. A few weeks. All yeah. right. So I would say Quinny's threshold for this kind of teenage bullshit is pretty low. <laughs> um yeah, one of the challenges is things got real good for a while because there yeah. weren't any stakes. So this yeah. is probably the first like taste of this you've had since the Cornucopia adventure. But that's yeah. not to say that particular wound has healed by now. Um, but yeah, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, so I think a little bit of the fun tete-a-tete -tete of saying, 
what I think dads are supposed to say versus her saying just mean teenager shit to me. Um, <laughs> just no longer really having it. Uh, and I say, look, Ginny, you cannot come on this mission. It will affect how everyone else does things, okay? I will have to keep an eye on you. Your uncle will have to keep an eye on you. Juniper will have to keep an eye on you. Reginald will also be there. (laughs) (laughs) You coming on this mission... And then playing at this fucking whatever bullshit of like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. How good is a teenager's promise thing? That doesn't help me do what I need to do. That doesn't help me mentally prepare for the life and death situations that I may or may not be facing. I'm coming here not for a sense of closure because I know I'm going to die. I'm coming here to speak to my daughter so that I have just one less thing to worry about. To get this figured out now, you are not coming on this mission. And if you are, the mission's a failure. Because I won't go. (laughs) I will take you back here myself. Because, Because there's a pecking order, and you're pretty high up on it. So I will... I will turn my back on certain things to make sure that you're goddamn safe and that will have massive ramifications. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to go, Dad. I just thank you. Jesus you to Christ. Trust that <laughs> you know, maybe I'd actually learned from what you wanted me to learn. Um but I didn't think of it as a distraction. I thought of it as like a kind of like a cool stand I was taking where you'd be like, oh, damn, like Ginny's learned so much. And like, what a cool and capable person she is. You um, are not- cool and capable. It's just, I wish you were growing up in a time when <laughs> so much was on the line. I wish you were growing up in a time when you could just fuck fuck around and and you know be a little dipshit teenager like i was you know worst that happened to me was i got thrown in jail well worst that could happen to us was the end of the fucking universe well that didn't really happen no no. (laughs) i feel like that didn't happen to me but no (laughs) when he thinks it but doesn't doesn't say it um but uh, do you understand like Like, I came to Cornucopia to literally move a village because it's the fucking zombie apocalypse out there. And this is the only safe place. And even this place is not forever safe. The safety here is not a given. I have to go out and ensure the safety of these people, safety of people's futures, your future, your mother's future, your secret girl crush's future. I would love to talk to you about that more at some point. Yeah, However, if you could secure her future and not let her be eaten by zombies, that'd be pretty dope. The dopest. Yeah. Among among some of the dopest things to have happened here mm-hmm. at the Fortress of Forlorn Hope. Mm-hmm. However, 
you can you can blame it on me and say it's a failing on my part, but I cannot, I know it. I cannot do my job in its fullest capacity if I am worried about you. And I will be worried about you if you come along. That's all it is. There will be so much, if this goes right, there will be so much more time for you and I to fight over shit that seems so important at the time in the moment. Yeah. But I can't have you doing that shit right now, kid. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, Dad, there's only one thing I can do in, in times like this. What? I need to make a snap prayer. And she drops her one knee. fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. And then she just, like, looks up at you and grins. And she's like, I'm just fucking with you. I got a six, by the way. So apparently I'm right. Um, but then she just kind of gets up um, and just kind of, like, gives you one of those awkward teenager fall hugs. Where it's, like, half just, like, falling over like a tree and half attempting to hug you. Um, and uh, she says... Uh, you know, you get any better at like dramatic speeches, you know, Uncle Butthole is going to make you like the fucking like Toastmaster General or some shit, right? You're just going to have to give these speeches all the time if you just keep being good at them. Yeah, right. I will find a way to kill myself that he can't bring me back from if that happens, okay? Yeah, well, good Promise for me. You're too busy giving a speech. And she I'll just make... squeezes you a bit harder. Yeah. All right. Get off. You're being weird. Get off of me. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd try it <laughs> you out. You nut. I tussle yeah. her hair. That felt weird. <laughs> well, anyway, no, don't don't care for that. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, for what it's worth, and she kind of like clearly tries to like collect herself a little bit to seem like she can get something back. She's like, uh, for what it's worth, um, I'm sure that you guys are gonna hit the mark. And then she throws the blade dagger um, to try and punctuate it. Uh, and because it's on weird little scythe blades and spins, it just hits the target and bounces off ineffectively. Um, and she just kind of looks at it and looks at you and goes, I really hope that isn't an omen. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell T-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and 
and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, friends. It's me, Butthole. And I'm here to talk to you about how you can join some kind of Discord thing where you can talk with me and with Queenie and with Alan and with all of the other friends. There are even like Prince Mudbutts there and a bunch of other people. All you have to do is apparently become a patron of our ear plays for one dollar. If you just do it one time, I mean, you should do more. Everyone's got a chip in at the fortress, but if you just do that one time, then you get to join a patron-only exclusive Discord forever, plus you get pre-session chats and DM chats at the end of every arc of some show called Dum Dums and Dragons. They tell me it's related to me somehow, but I'm not really sure. So, patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And if you pay that dollar to join that Discord, you get a chance for me to say hello, new friend, to you. The time has come. The feast is upon us, uh, and all of you are arriving to the feast of Saint Mudbutt. Um, truly, the uh, the pinnacle of the Lost and Foundstival. Um, the uh, events of the evening, as you will recall, of course, from your incredibly beautiful invitations that Andon and Bucky worked together on for so long. Yevgenovich only ruined a few. Um, there will be a a kind of uh, a, a welcoming address. Um, to the new citizens of Forlorn Hope uh, from uh, Butthole as the local Castilian. Uh, there will be the um, Memories of Home Potluck, where everyone brings their, their a food that just gives them the warm and fuzzies. Um, the invitations noted that uh, St. Mudbutt himself was, was fond of uh, pork and apples, uh, preferably from a barrel. So it doesn't need to be fancy or even sensical. It can just be something you found in a barrel if that's what makes you happy. Um, and then, uh, of course, there will be uh, the evening of karaoke. All of you will need to, of course, not literally, but uh, narratively perform your songs so that people have maximum visibility into all of you enjoying the party um, to cover your your escape in case there are indeed spies and eyes on on the, the course of events. Um Something I've learned from Marvel Comics of late, which decided to just do something hog wild that I really appreciate, was back in the 90s, Marvel ran like a really weird swimsuit issue that was just the horniest version of the X-Men 
just on a beach and it was just like like Oscar Wilde could not have created a more perfectly like debaucherously beautiful like <laughs> sexy everyone super yeah. horned up it's bananas wolverine is like eating a hot dog off his claws and it's so phallic it's truly bananas <laughs> In, uh, incidentally all of the women's costumes look the same because it was during the uh jim lee era so it's just like psylocke is in psylocke's outfit but colossus is naked um anyway more recently uh, they've picked up the trend again and they had the hellfire gala which was the mutant nation of Krakoa invited all sorts of people from around the Marvel Universe to come to a ball, a legitimate fucking ball. And it meant that all the costume designers got to redesign all of the X-Men, like Captain America, Spider-Man, everyone in like full-blown ball attire. And it was rad as fuck. It was so cool seeing it. They've done two now. They both have had bad things happen at them. Uh, so this is our, <laughs> our chance to do that. So you all have a fancy outfit. Leanne has been very busy making sure that you all have something fancy and fucking regal uh, for the Lost and Found Festival. And the goal here isn't that it's made of the most expensive materials. Again, just that it suits you and it's fancier than your normal attire. So I'd also like to hear what you're wearing. What is your Hellfire Gala outfit? What is your horny beach outfit? <laughs> Who are you today? Um, so remind me who made these? Not Anne. Uh, Leanna Line Shield. Leanne, so same lady who made your... your, your uh, Ilfid cloaks. There we go. It occurs to me after my long extended uh, X-Men metaphor, which I stand by because it's rad as hell. I could also have just said the Met Gala, so that's also a point of reference you can use, but mostly the X-Men. Uh, so what uh, what are your outfits <laughs> for the 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 Feast of St. Mudbutt? The uh, X-Met Gala. Yeah, the X-Met. To me, my X-Met. Um, <laughs> I think Leanne made a... I think because it's a... You know, we're, we're, uh, times are tough and we don't have a load of supplies. I think I have a nice, uh, cloak and hood made from, uh, bird feathers. Um, mm. and so kind of exemplifying the stealthy nature of how I do things, but these are like, uh, 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 a myriad of different kinds of colors of, of bird feathers. So not necessarily like a stealthy garment by any means or anything like that. But um, uh, just sort of, uh, I think a lot of like browns, a little bit of green, a lot of blues and blacks and some white and stuff like that all arranged in a, a pleasing pattern um, with a, a hood would be what she, awesome. she got. I love that. Yeah. There's something I think really kind of cool. I hadn't considered this before, but this is why I like the Hellfire Gala so much. Um, of like Quinian White is a really strange idea, but does seem to be like if you're collecting birds who would live in a snowy area, yeah. if you're just collecting fallen feathers, like there would be a lot of white and gray and it's just an interesting, yeah, it's a, it's a very different look, but also I love that it evokes, you know, the silence and the stealth and the ability to move without sound. Um, and what uh, what what food are you bringing? Um, the food I wonder is it all laid out, or is everybody walk in and like behold my dish, or is it all like um, placed it's, on it's a table? It's basically like a big old table, and you can just like add add your thing to the table. And the idea is that Excellent. people come by and take as much or as little of everything as they want. Um, people attending this uh, festival will notice that any pies that were brought are missing a slice. And that Quinny has brought 
something that he called uh, Rainbow Community Pie. Uh, and it is just a bunch of different pie slices uh, organized in a, he just brought an empty pie tray and stole slices of pie from what everyone else brought. He, he's he been fucking busy. He didn't have time for this shit. <laughs> I love it so, so much. He I just, just deep in my soul love this concept. Just oh. went to Bucky, scrap of paper and a, and a pencil that he had or whatever, like community rainbow pie in parenthesis. If you have any food allergies, do not eat this, close parenthesis, <laughs> and just a slice from every pie that's been brought so far laid out there on the table. That's his contribution, is community rainbow pie. Uh, can you roll me a slight of hand check? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That'll be a 27. No one notices. It's like that fucking Grinch montage of just you getting to all the pies and getting a, a slice out. Yeah, um, I was going to see if Yevgenovich noticed because, as you know, he's not one for subtleties, and that really might have uh, been your thing. But uh, no, you successfully put together the world's best or worst or both pie. I mean, yeah, meat pie, like savory pies, sweet pies. It's all there in the community rainbow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Amazing. All right. Uh, Juniper, what do you arrive in and what do you bring? Uh, well, uh, so... <laughs> Sheriff Juniper is wearing an elegant, mossy-colored cape. Just be simple. She's got an important job to do. You know, save the the world and then, you know, become the head of the legal system (laughs) of a nation. Yeah, cape gang. Uh, Have you uh, tricked out your chair at all, or is it just the cloak? Um, just the cloak. All right. Nice, simple, bold. Simple. It's no frills, you know. Yep. Um, and then, if anyone were to walk by uh, Juniper's offering, there would be a piece missing out of it because <laughs> it is it is a pie. Um, uh, this is one thing that like all of Juniper's personas seem to have a say in because they haven't really had a chance to have like any like fancy food in a while. Um, Except that they all have very different tastes. So it ended up kind of being like this weird tortiere with like this beautiful flaky pie crust with like perfectly crimped by Mrs. Paisley. Uh, A very uh, healthy base of yams from Juniper. Mushy peas for Grandpa Warwick. uh, And then garnished with like berries that look like they're bleeding from Echo. So the blood of your enemies from Echo. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then there's just like a random like bone sticking out of it because Crunch thought that was cool. And now there's a piece missing. So someone <laughs> enjoyed just... Juniper is just like, wow, someone enjoyed it. <laughs> and it's just smushed into a piece of cherry pie and just some peach cobbler just to the left. Just a disgusting combo. Yeah. I, uh, I deeply love the idea of all of your personas having a cooking show. Or just like <laughs> working. It didn't occur to me how exhausting worst. that would be on like any recipe that wasn't like a stew or something. It's just like <laughs> particularly because you, you like took into account like the dietary restrictions and what's comfortable to eat for like Grandpa Warwick. And it's like, well, yeah. I gotta have mashed peas. It's like, oh, fine. Of course, sure. you could call it too many cooks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And it would just be you. It would just be one singular figure. Takes a lot of personas to make a stew. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Okay, I love that. And uh, butthole. Butthole is wearing his 
it, it's hard to do better than the gold custom fitted suit of the armor of Sunscythe, but he has upgraded it from there. What it has is uh, a number of silver panels that give it the V shape at the chest and other places that have been polished to this brilliant sheen that almost snap on to take it from pure gold to a gold and silver fairy. I mean, you said Marvel, so I'm just leaning into those like the Chevron E <laughs> designs oh, of yeah. that era over the course uh, of his, his uniform. And he just has a big old Magneto drawn in the 90s purple cape where they always flowed <laughs> a little too much. It was just around. Uh, and he has a, a golden laurel wreath that he is wearing in the place of the simple kind of copper crown that he would normally wear. Uh, this is a time for him to really step up and appear regal in a sense that he, he's done a lot of wandering around the castle in his fucking fur coat just kind of walking with his staff, but this is very much like the king uh, and the chance to kind of impress and also have that that impression left upon the people here because this is meager. A lot of things are meager in the Fortress of Forlorn Hope. Uh, and the one thing is just making sure that hope is not. And the appearance of strength and the appearance of leadership he knows are really important for people to see him not just as the the kind of like healing figure, but also as somebody who can kind of march out and lead from the front lines. Uh, and, and these big moments are something that that are very important for him. So he's also welcoming everybody into the room. Like he's at the front door, just like shaking hands, bringing people in. And he's contributed to two things to the event. One is he worked with Leanna Lion's Shield and he's giving everyone who comes in uh, a stiletto knife to use for the feast. Uh, because he came from a car and people are supposed to bring something that reminds them of home. Uh, and his home was a very dark place. So he can give everyone a knife that is traditionally used as a weapon. Also, it's a stiletto because it's very minimal metal and they don't have a whole lot to go around. He also likes the idea of everyone in the castle having a knife should they need it at some point because that seems functional. But it's also something that can be used to cut food. And it's something that can be used to new and more fruitful purposes where it's not something to menace their neighbor with, as it would have been previously. Uh, and then to mm. symbolize his kind of like new home, which really is here and, and making the best of everything, uh, he set up a slushy machine. So there's <laughs> snow and various berry flavors that are being added to snow because it's something they have an abundance of. Yeah. That is not seen as something that is tremendously valuable, but with the the bright fires and kind of the warmth of the hall, Having a slushy there is a fun experience. And he is subtly casting uh, thaumaturgy as he walks around. So when he goes to approach people near the fire, the flames burn brighter and they burn warmer. So there's just kind of a warmth around him that he brings with him. So that's, that's my I was going to say, if you want ice, Juniper can just cast an ice storm outside and you can just chip <laughs> off of that and add to the slushy machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we live in a snow realm, so I think we're okay. But okay. good to know. It also lets some of the people who don't have magic powers feel involved because they can be like hauling snow. Yeah. Seamus has never seen snow. He's very charmed by it. Um, Aww, that's I should nice. also ask, um, uh, perhaps slightly less elaborately or maybe more so, uh, Reginald and um, Bucky, what are what are you wearing? Uh, Bucky um, is going to wear... Uh, traditional garb of his home in the mountains. Uh, and so he is covered in like ceremonial war paint and uh, like a 
necklace of teeth and a loincloth. But just, you know, just beaming full of like, just like positive energy. And he, 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 he baked a loaf of bread and just brought it and sliced it. He pre-sliced bread. For anyone looking to make sandwiches out of anything else. Yeah. And this is going to sound like I'm piling on, but I already decided what Reginald is doing, so I'm going to go forwards with this anyways. But Reginald dressed up like he would have for a horde ceremony. <laughs> so he is also wearing a loincloth and painted in war paint. He has um, Sting's makeup from, from the, the WCW just fully on his face nice. with, like, Ultimate Warrior arm tie-offs. Uh, and he's brought butter that he's churned that afternoon. So he's just, like, slathered with oil, super shredded. <laughs> And that he feel he felt so fucking weird showing up in this room because everybody's in like classy tuxedos and shit, and he just yeah. looks like a tribal monster. Yeah. That you actually see Reginald be relieved to see Bucky, someone yeah. who he does not trust in this castle because somebody else showed up looking like a fucking monster person. Yeah, and there's bread <laughs> and butter now, so I this is the moment Reginald decides Bucky's all right. I'm just saying right now, <laughs> this is the moment where he comes around. Bucky would immediately be like, "Mr. Reginald, do you worship Tiamat?" <laughs> Maybe. Wow. I don't think I know anyone else around here who does that. Mainly because uh, she's a chaos dragon. But, um, uh, <laughs> you know, oh. as, as long as you're on our side, that's okay by me. I think you need to tell me a little bit more about this new chaos thing, because that sounds pretty appealing. Everybody here is either pretty ordered or evil. I could go for a little bit of random. Oh, I mean, uh, chaos is definitely skewed evil, I would say. Yeah, pretty heavily... <laughs> Oh, tell me more, my friend. Tell me more. Okay. Just happy to... (laughs) Camera slowly pans away from, like, the best (laughs) friendship in the castle now. (laughs) Gradually, people filter in. Um, uh, Annan is in a gown, which she looks incredibly uncomfortable in, um, because, like, there are... Uh, not nearly enough pockets and uh, she <sighs> would rather be working. Um, but uh, you can tell there's also like a kind of quiet pride to it. Also, Leanna like really likes Annan and clearly like spent the time. Um, so at Annan's side is of course Yevgenovich um, who has been weirdly like is, is one of the better dressed people at the party because since he's like a, a magic hat on a mannequin, <laughs> mannequins are very easy to dress. So Leanna kind of went nuts. It's kind of like she just took every idea from her book that she's never gotten to use and, and went for it. Um, so very like high fashion, wildly impractical, a lot of bows and loops. Honestly, like mm-hmm. you, you can draw a very clear line from what he's wearing to how that Magneto cape got made. Um, and, um, he's, uh, just kind of awkward mannequin stumbling in, um, and literally will not shut up about how beautiful Annan looks, which she is openly grumbling about, but is clearly very touched by, uh, and they've got, uh, strapped to Yevgenovich, um, and, uh, he's wearing like, uh, he's, he's got a, a, a sweet, a sweet little hat, um, that looks like a tiny version of, of his dad on his head. Um, and he's like occasionally chewing it and throwing it on the ground. And everyone's like, yeah, we would do that to Yevgenovich too. And he's like, you what? Um, <laughs> uh, Liana herself, um, has shown up wearing just like a fucking like knockout, 
like kind of Meryl Streep in uh, Devil Wears Prada when she has to go to an event kind of thing. It's just like for a lady who spends most of her time working real hard, she's like, obviously I made myself something nice. Like I, ha- I have ideas um, <laughs> and, you know, still all made with with kind of locally sourced stuff and, and bits and pieces. The nice thing is the Necromancer does actually have a bunch of stuff kicking around that isn't practical, but is useful for, for these sorts of adornments. Uh, Doc Huckleberry shows up um, wearing like one of those cowboy tuxedos where he's like cha- he's, he's constantly futzing with his bolo tie mm. um, and you can tell he's had to pack his like his robot shooting arms into his like little vest so he's just really lumpy um, but constantly like walking around trying to be dapper with his hat um, Mog Crankshaft uh, shows up wearing like a classic like Clooney tuxedo where he's got like the tie undone like the bow tie um and uh is is constantly just raising a martini glass at people hoping that someone will acknowledge uh how cool he is um uh tracks and uh decks are here um wearing like incredibly like over the top like almost like a persian um like when you look at like old sort of like drawings of what like the court of xerxes looked like it's like a court attendant to that like beautiful like fine robes pointed hat beautiful shoes uh and it's just stuff that they stole from that island that had all the money on it that Mm. just like they've just had forever and they've had (laughs) no excuse to wear so they both just literally look like weird visiting emperors um it doesn't does not suit tracks at all because his like feline body just is too ropey for for the sort of outfit and dexter is like scratching constantly it's just like these things are are not their normal wear um, they've also brought Mo. Uh, Mo's in pretty rough shape. Um, he's he's in one of the, the sort of many wheelchairs from the facility, um, and he is he's just in his robe, um, his his normal robe. Uh, okay, good. He didn't have to put forth any effort. Like it's fine. Yeah, he he, he very much <laughs> uh, very much didn't. Um, he's still very pale, um, and and still looks looks pretty fucked up. Um, of particular note is um the eye that got clawed um doesn't seem to have healed properly it's uh it's sort of a, a white glassy sheen um and uh he's still like you know he's he's sort of waving waving to folks and everything but but sort of weakly but just kind of you know being a presence a presence there and also after such a gruesome arrival i think just showing like hey like we're all good here um the brown barrows arrive um, wearing their kind of like they didn't bring any fancy stuff when they left um, cornucopia. So um, instead, they've just meticulously washed their farmer gear. Um, so it's just their normal stuff, but just slightly shinier. Like they've just really beaten all the dirt out of stuff. Um, it's still very old and very worn, um, but but looks pristine in a way that that's kind of adorable. And they're very much doing the like American Gothic thing, where like she's got a pitchfork and he's kind of got his arm linked through hers. Um, Honor system and Declan, I think are they did mention they were going to come to this. Uh, what would they be wearing? Would they have participated in the pageantry, or would they have just shown up kind of as they are? Honor system is in the robe that he arrived in but it has very obviously been um all the rips and tears have been sewn closed and that is the pageantry aspect for him of just like it's not a tattered robe anymore it's not a great robe even in this state but it is one piece again 
and he's wearing his sword on his hip. Declan is wearing a tuxedo. Uh, he has hidden his traditional bulletproof vest underneath the jacket. But what stands out for anyone looking at him is that he looks really fucking good because his build and style is very much the kind of models they put on magazine covers. And he's just got black swooping hair and he can't help but smolder because he is okay. thinking of killing everyone in this room and like standing in a corner, basically like smoking a cigarette, looking hot with like a hand <laughs> on a gun at his hip. And like, that's his vibe. He's not really participating, but he's wearing a tuxedo just because not doing so would make him stand out more. Great. Um, it is the same cut and shape as Mark Rangshaft's because Leanna made both of them. It's just yours fits. Uh, and his seems like a prototype of yours. And it's, as soon as you walk in, it's very much like a same dress of the prom situation where he's just kind of like, oh. Um, speaking of dresses, <laughs> uh, Mechie Mouse uh, has a dress strapped on over his, his mech suit. Um, so he's just kind of like, there's just a robot, like a big bulky, like tin man bumping into things, um, and trying to like, trying to curtsy, but with like the still kind of janky, mostly broken, like robot body honor system for you. It's just an incredibly strange experience because it's clearly not a robot, but it's also not a, like a mech suit. It's just something else. Also the fact that there's a mouse driving it like Ratatouille is just an odd, it's an odd an odd, odd thing. But Mickey the Rat, he's, he's you know, he's doing his thing. I was going to say, we haven't had great experiences as Declan and Honor System with rats on top of robots. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, you're seeing shades of, of your, your own time reflected through a mirror darkly uh, constantly. But this rat seems to be, like, very pleasant so far. <laughs> Declan puts his hand further down yeah. the gun. <laughs> clicks the safety off. Um. And of course, there's a, a variety of other folks. Crendon has shown up just wearing like uh, like a nice big roughly white shirt, um, sort of buttoned to to the top, um, uh, sort of a almost like a vaguely Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid situation, which is very flowy and uh, and and fine. He seems very uncomfortable in it, but he's is he's he's actually chatting with some people. You can tell he's starting to kind of put together his uh, his crew. Um, and one by one, everyone kind of makes their way in to, uh, uh, into, to the ball. Uh, and there's a, a ringing of a bell, um, that, uh, kind of signals that the, the evening is about to commence. And, uh, you know, there's, there's muttering, there's, you know, people grabbing food and kind of moving towards the, the makeshift tables. You're in the main grand entryway where you set Sandra free, um, uh, the, the dragon baby. Um, and it's been, you know, obviously like all the snow has been cleared out and like tables have been set up from kind of around the, the, the palace. And it is still very ramshackle. This still does feel like what it is, like a refugee camp um, where you've all kind of pulled together to, to try and um, create an experience with each other. Um, and there's already a sense of, of um, joy in the air. Just the fact that people are showing up looking different than they normally do. And the fact that, Everyone, for at least this moment, this evening, was focused on something other than pure survival. Seems to have really lifted the spirits of uh, of the group. Um, so uh, the the bell continues to ring as uh, Goblin Junior, um, who is wearing, I think we're going to say like a little silk smoking jacket, um, <laughs> and he's got like a real nice, like jauntily cocked bow in his hair. Just like rings rings the bell, uh, rings the bell a bunch. 
Um, and uh, as everyone settles, uh, uh, King Butthole, uh, you make your way up to the podium with your your stein of of endless uh, endless ale, and um, a hush falls over the crowd, and you can hear some mutterings as you've been warned uh, of like. Oh, he walks among us like uh, the, the, the sort of cult that sprung up around you is is very much enthused to see you. But honestly, from a lot of the people here, they just have no idea really who the fuck you are beyond the person who is like brought everyone back to life and is spoken of as being um, uh, sort of like a, a hero. They've heard heard of your deeds. But as you've indicated, Ryan, this is really Butthole's first chance to to show this side of himself, to show like what manner of ruler he is. And particularly, I think. You know, the concerns Juniper just learned about are new to her, but are not new to you in terms of what you'll need to do to, to sway a cob. Um, and so, uh, Butthole, you you take take your place uh, kind of up at the throne that's been set up for you. Uh, you look out over the crowd and you begin your speech. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. And Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space, multiverse, stars, one stars, one star reviews. Join Negative Nancy and Chatbot aboard the Space Windu as they bring you the worst one star reviews from all across the universe. I'm supposed to say that we promise to bring you the very best one star reviews from all across the multiverse. But you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe that for one second. I'm rating my driver Marcus one star. Not for his driving ability, but instead for his disloyalty and cowardice. Blackluster moon vacations. A can of beans. Abandoned malls. Cat beds that don't come in human sizes. Dragon stuff. Come have a laugh back at the One Star Reviewers. Listen to the One Stars wherever you get your podcasts.